Welcome to Barely Audible Whisper, a weekly NPR parody podcast in no way associated with NPR. Welcome to Entirely Too Audible Screaming! Fox News personality and demon spawn of Russian propaganda and untreated alcoholism, Judge Janine Pirro, what are you doing here? Your podcast is fake news! Well, yeah, we're a satirical sketch comedy show in the format of news parody. I don't mean fake news in the sense of a fake news show about real news. I mean fake news as in real news that President Trump considers bad news, so he labels it fake news. The fake news media is the enemy of the people. As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman, because we hear he hates that. I do hate that, because it is very unfair to me. The low-life, communist, loser, terrorist, America-hating, criminal, low-rating, second-rate, enemy of the people, anarchist, chokers should never be allowed to say mean things about me. What the hell is going on here? There are no longer two political parties offering two competing visions for the future and direction of the United States of America, as evidenced by the two political conventions which highlighted the two presidential campaigns to entirely different versions of reality. American politics is no longer a battle of competing ideas, it's a battle of competing versions of reality. That's actually true. The Democrats live in a reality where our inability to control COVID is killing a thousand Americans a day and destroying our economy, all while a long overdue reckoning on racial injustice has spawned a nationwide protest movement. Fake news. The real reality is that the Chinese China Kung Flu Mongolian beef chairman Mao weird looking alphabet virus is totally under control. The economy is roaring back even better than the bestest economy that was the most economiest economy before the communist Tiananmen Square massacre rice virus. Racism is a hoax, but there is a very real threat of radical, anarchist, criminal terrorists destroying America because Joe Biden is secretly Fidel Castro. That's absurd. You hate America! That's even more absurd. Is it? Or do you hate America so much that you simply cannot bear to hear the cliched buzzword patriotism of Vice President and American patriot Mike Pence's patriotic American speech about American patriotism? Freedom. Flag. Liberty. Jesus. Star-Spangled Banner, Church, America. I'm not gay. Our flag was still there. Such American patriotism! Now consider the differences between the basic concept of empathy in Joe Biden and President Trump's acceptance speeches. My wife and two of my children have died. And because my wife and two of my children have died, I empathize with the pain and grief that Americans are feeling right now. Now, did I mention that my wife and two of my children have died? Empty pathy is stupid because everything is great, except I have the most empathiest, empathy for rich white people who live in the suburbs because black people are going to move into their neighborhoods. And I am Panada Othais with their plight. He literally can't even say the word empathy. 
Stop hating America and admit that because Democrats hate America so much, they have created a fake America. What President Trump didn't make America great again. But Trump's incompetence is literally destroying America. Fake news. Take a look at the radical anarchist, communist, terrorist, criminal thugs that will define Joe Biden's America. But that's footage from Trump's America. That's because the Democrat mayors can't control the Democrat cities, which is not President Trump's fault, which is why we have to reelect President Trump, because only President Trump can solve the problem that President Trump hasn't solved. I never thought I would say this, but Judge Janine's drunk ass makes a valid point. You think the argument that re-electing Trump to the presidency is the only way to solve a problem that she claims Trump can't currently solve as president because it's not the purview of the president to solve is a valid point? Of course not. That's stupid. But the stupidity of the point that she's trying to make actually makes the more intelligent point she originally interrupted our show to make. You mean that American politics has become so divided by toxic discourse that we are no longer engaged in a debate about how to best deal with and shape the reality of American society, but that we have quite literally devolved into an insane shouting match over two completely irreconcilable versions of objective reality? Exactly. The only way we can properly cover this election in its proper context is to examine the two completely separate realities that the two campaigns are presenting us with. Well, all right, here goes. <clears throat> hmm. Welcome to Barely Audible Whisper, a weekly NPR parody podcast in no way associated with NPR, brought to you in no part by the following parody sponsors. The Trump University Kyle Rittenhouse School of Self-Defense, where the right to defend yourself from being attacked only exists when you're defending yourself from being attacked by people defending themselves from being attacked by you. Welcome to Entirely Too Audible Screaming, brought to you by my pillow because that's all we've got this is going to be a fucked up episode the one thing that democrats and republicans agree on is that america is facing grave and existential crises that threaten our very way of life however both parties definitions of the crises that threaten the reality of american life differ as drastically as both parties' definition of the realities of American life. In the reality that the Democrats are campaigning in, the Trump administration's failed response to COVID-19 has created a deadly public health catastrophe and devastating economic crisis, as explained by vice presidential nominee and throaty voice of justice, Kamala Harris. By the time I finish speaking this sentence, two Americans, on average, will have died from coronavirus. Because by the time the average American spoke that sentence, one American on average would have died from coronavirus. But because I draw out my sentences for twice as long as the average American, Twice as many Americans die, on average, in the time it takes me to finish speaking. So when you account for my drawn-out, overly dramatic speaking style, 
and this overly explained explanation, 700 Americans have died from COVID-19 since I first started speaking. I invented a warp speed vaccine. As always, our Trump impersonator is still a woman, because we hear he still hates that. The warp speed vaccine will be available at warp speed, because I created Operation Warp Speed, because I think that Star Trek is real. It didn't have to be this way. Had we followed the science... Star Trek catchphrases and depending on miracles is the best science. And listened to the experts. Nobody knows more about warp speed miracle cures for the China put PP in our COVID virus than Trump. All 1,000 of the Americans who have died since I started talking might have lived to hear the end of this sentence. As Vice President and Head of the Coronavirus Task Force, I can assure you that President Trump's penis, I mean leadership, has saved countless lives. And when I say countless, I mean that we literally cannot count them because we made that up. But it gets worse. Because President Trump's insistence on saving the economy instead of saving American lives has not only cost 20,000 American lives over the course of this sketch, but it has also destroyed the very economy he set out to save. I have a plan to make the American economy even greater than when I made it so great before that it fell completely apart in less than a month. Nobody has more experience with bigly economic failure than Trump. The economy cannot properly function until the virus is under control. All I have to do is call Daddy, and he'll fix it like he always does, and I'll end up super rich. Mr. President, your father died over 20 years ago. God rest his penis, I mean soul. Meanwhile, in the real reality that Republicans are campaigning and the COVID crisis over, the economy is great, and the real threat to American life are lawless anarchists, and the fact that Joe Biden is a secret Trojan horse, authoritarian communist in the mold of Fidel Castro. <laughs> Yo soy el presidente Jose Biden. The so-called Black Lives Matter protesters are really a terrorist mob trying to destroy America because they can't really be protesting about racism because I got three different black people to endorse me. So racism is over. Spraying graffiti on statues of Confederate generals is not merely an act of vandalism. The next obvious step is completely destroying the American system. <laughs> El Presidente me gusta. My fellow Americans, President Trump's penis, I mean leadership, has led to a great American dystopian hellscape that we cannot abandon lest we end up in a socialist dystopian hellscape. Church has been abolished and I'm due to be executed because I caught praying. 
I should have known this was the natural, logical conclusion of Trump being fact-checked by Twitter. Jesus is Melo. Joe Biden hates America because he's running against me, and I am America. And there's nothing more American than the president of America declaring himself America. President Trump's penis, I mean values, are America's penis, I mean values. And America cannot afford to allow the office of the presidency to be disgraced by an authoritarian. I want to pose for a photo op with an upside down Bible. So I'm going to guess a peaceful assembly of demonstrators to satisfy my whim. Black Lives Matter is really just a secret code that means black lives are going to start being lived in white suburbs. Well, I'm not racist, but I'm also frightened by the prospect of black people living in my neighborhood. Is there a way to reconcile those seemingly irreconcilable personal contradictions? I hereby declare that America is not racist. So anybody who says that America is racist is part of a conspiracy to destroy America. Trump! Trump! Trump, Trump, and our Trump. penis, I mean flag, was still there. Perhaps nothing better encapsulates the Trumpian version of reality than the convention speech given by Natalie Harp, who compared President Trump to one of cinema's most famous good guys. In It's a Wonderful Life, George Bailey is given a gift that he gets to see what life would be like without him. And Mr. President, I'd like to give you the same gift. Mr. or rather Mrs. Potter, you see what I did there, would have turned America into a Pottersville. Because I'm describing a world that doesn't exist, I can say anything I want. No other president would have done the literal bare minimum to prevent coronavirus, and millions would have died. Socialized healthcare would be forcing us all to be addicted to opioids. Churches would be turned into abortion clinics. Everyone over 65 would be euthanized. So Mr. President, compared to this horrifying world I just made up, it is a wonderful life. Here now to show what the movie It's a Wonderful Life looks like in a Republican alternative universe is Barely Audible Whisperer's resident film nerd, Trenton Squarantino. Welcome to Cinema Corner. In the Republican alternate universe version of It's a Wonderful Life, the town of Bedford Falls looks much the same, quaint, Rockwell-esque, everyone's white. That's where the similarities end, as George Bailey is less of an American everyman and more of a... Donald Trump. Buffalo gals, won't you come out tonight? 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 Buffalo gals, won't you come out tonight? And let me grab you by the pussy. George! Hello, Mary. Hey, how old are you anyway? Eighteen. Eighteen? Why, it was only last year you were seventeen. Too old or too young? Too old! You've only got one or two hot years left. Better marry me soon. Now, I'm going to step on your robe on purpose so I can see you naked. 
George! George, come quick! Your father's dead! At last! George inherits his father's fortune, but evil Mrs. Potter suggests that he should pay his estate tax. Your father was a fraud and a profiteer, and the least you can do is pay the American government its fair share of his estate, much of which he earned off of government contracts. Oh, wait a minute, Mrs. Potter. You're right when you say my father was no businessman. I know that. He was a con man. But neither you nor anyone else can say anything against his wealth, because his whole life was... Why, in the 25 years since he started this business, he never once thought of his kids or his wife. But he did help a lot of white people live in a whites-only neighborhood. And what's wrong with that, Mrs. Potter? And he left me a big amount of money, and it's my right to hoard that money and not pay taxes and go bankrupt and default on my contracts, and neither you or anyone else can stop me. He never showed me love. All I got from him is money, and it's mine. Why don't you love me, Daddy? Why, Daddy, why? George and Mrs. Potter become rivals, and Mrs. Potter gets jealous of George's business success. And by success, I mean four bankruptcies. Around this time, his marriage to Mary runs into some trouble. Oh, hello, Georgie Porgy. Uh, hi, Violet. How's business at the old I don't care? Have sex with me. I'm rich. Oh, sure thing, Georgie Porgy. And of course, George impregnates Violet, leaves Mary for her, then later cheats on Violet and marries some European chick who he cheats on as well, but they stay married. She just refuses to hold his hand in public. Soon George gets it into his head that he should be mayor of Bedford Falls, despite the fact that he has no understanding of the law. Mrs. Potter runs against him. I may not be very likable, but I am immensely qualified for the job of mayor. George Bailey claims he's a great businessman, and that's why he should be mayor. Well, let's look at his tax returns. Now, wait a minute. You people have it all wrong as if I have my tax returns back in the safe. Just take my word for it. I have billions and billions because I have the best brain. Now, listen to me while I accuse my opponent of everything I'm guilty of. Crooked Mrs. Potter will cheat you out of your money without breaking a sweat. She doesn't understand government. She knows nothing about the common man. And many people are saying she's a pedophile. Because in a loophole in the Bedford Falls voting system, whereby you can get the most votes and still lose, George Bailey becomes the mayor. Because he doesn't understand how laws work, he tries to pass a bunch of laws that make him richer, but find out he can't. This leaves him depressed. Wish I'd never been elected mayor. What did you say? I said I wish I'd never been elected mayor. Who are you? What's the big idea? I'm Paula White, and I pretend to speak in tongues so that gullible Christians will give me money. Uh, I've never met you before, and I know everyone in Bedford Falls. This isn't Bedford Falls, George. It's Pottersville. Pottersville? No. No, no. Why, who are all these dark-skinned people? Mrs. Potter passed an anti-discrimination housing bill. You got your wish. You were never elected mayor. Violet! 
Oh, hi, George. Would you mind not talking to me? I'm an empowered woman doing sex work on her own terms. And I know you just cheat me or abuse me. So scram. Happy holidays. Empowered woman? Happy holidays? No, no, I don't like this. Mary. Where's Mary? You haven't cared about marriage in years. Oh, hi, George. Do you have my alimony? Mary, don't you know me? I never pay anybody what I owe them. Don't touch me! Help! Help! I need a social worker who's better trained to handle this situation than a police officer! In Pottersville, social workers have replaced a large portion of the police force. No! What about law and order? I don't like this, Paula White. I want to be mayor again. I want to be mayor again! Mayor Bailey! Mayor Bailey! Is that you? We've been looking all over for you. I paid her alimony, I swear! Bert! Bert, do you know me? Did you say mayor? Sure, you're the mayor. That's the most bestest news. George runs home through the town, which looks like his beloved Bedford Falls once again. Oh, Merry Christmas, you beautiful old Bailey Hotel and Casino. Merry Christmas, white people. And he returns home where his daughter Zuzu embraces him. Zuzu, Zuzu, you're so beautiful. You know, if you weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating you. George, George, the majority of the city council is here. And even though they said horrible things about you in the past, and you said even worse things about them, they've all realized that they'll be more powerful if they just lick your boots all the time, and they'll never disagree with you again. You can pass any law you want. They'll never impeach you. You'll be richer than ever. It truly is a wonderful life. Bigly wonderful. Should all poor people be forgotten? I see that movie. The part where the city council <laughs> commits to licking his boots and letting him get away with whatever he wants. <laughs> oh God, it gets me every time. There, there. Uh, uh, what are you doing? You're crying, so I'm comforting you. I am completely unfamiliar with that concept, but I hate it. Anyway, as unsettling as it was to watch two different political conventions define two completely incompatible realities, the disparity between the parties has come into even sharper focus when both highly choreographed convention reality bubbles were burst onto the unfolding tragic events in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Tragedy struck the town of Kenosha when, 
And an angry mob of completely unprovoked radical anarchists rioted in the streets to destroy America. An unarmed black man was shot seven times in the back while walking away from police. The police have every right to defend themselves against any threat they imagine. And Jacob Blake posed a very real imaginary threat. The protest against Jacob Blake's shooting turned violent when a... The insatiable bloodlust of the radicalized mob of terrorists was let loose on an innocent teenage boy. A 17-year-old vigilante Trump supporter armed with a military-grade assault rifle shot and killed two protesters. For more on the irreconcilable different versions of reality coming out of Kenosha, Barely Audible Whisper filed the following report from Kenosha. For more on how the radical left is attempting to hijack the narrative in Kenosha, entirely too audible screaming hijacks Barely Audible Whispers report from Kenosha. I'm coming to you from Kenosha, where... The courageous heroes of law enforcement bravely prevented a dangerous criminal from getting into a car with his children by heroically shooting him seven times in the back. What are you talking about? Unfortunately, even the bravest back-shooting police officers are unable to contain this America-hating mob without the very helpful and calming assistance of a 17-year-old boy armed with a military-grade assault rifle and a love of his country. How is a heavily armed, vigilante 17-year-old helpful in an already tense and chaotic situation? He shot to, I mean, law and order. He came from out of town, threatened protesters with an assault rifle, and ended up killing two of them. Lawless vigilantism is law and order at its finest. Unfortunately, the liberal media portrayed this brave patriot as some sort of killer just because he killed two people. The fact that he was arrested is what's wrong with this country. The fact that he made it all the way back to Illinois first is what's wrong with this country. He was literally carrying his gun, running away while a line full of police vehicles drove straight past him on their way to the scene of the crimes he just committed. Why would the police stop a white kid armed with an assault rifle running away from a crime scene where two people were killed with an assault rifle? It's not like he was doing anything suspicious like being a black guy opening a car door. Another vigilante Trump supporter just opened fire on a group of peaceful protesters. This is the most tragic thing I've ever witnessed. A Black Lives Matter protester just broke a window. This is the most tragic thing I have ever witnessed. I'm with the National Guard. Thank God President Trump and his resilient leadership called in the National Guard to end this lawless window-breaking nightmare. Actually, the governor called in the National Guard, and we have not yet been federalized. Uh, President Trump had nothing to do with this decision. Thank you, President Trump. He just said President Trump had nothing yeah, to do. Yeah, I just do. shot a bunch of people, and there's a military-grade assault rifle hanging around my neck, but my hands are up and I'm white, so <laughs> I assume I'll be fine. It is good to see a gun enthusiast is still able to get some exercise amongst all this lawlessness. That's the vigilante that shot those innocent people. Typical hysterical liberal hypocrisy. They get so worked up about the senseless shooting of unarmed black people, but they conveniently don't mention the fact that a rioter broke a window. 
Wait, wait, wait. Someone broke a window? This is a very serious threat to the liberty of all Americans. Did you get a good look at who did it? It was one of these black people. Hmm. We better gas and spray them all with rubber bullets then. What about the guy who shot and killed innocent people? Can't you see windows are being broken? Windows! This is no time to worry about some vigilante killer. Unless... He didn't shoot out any windows, did he? Admittedly, we're biased in favor of the Democrats' version of reality, partly because we're liberal, but mainly because we live in the real world. But, even if we concede the Republican version of reality, I still don't understand how they can possibly base their entire campaign on the issue of civil unrest. They seem to be warning voters that a future Joe Biden presidency would lead to a future civil unrest by highlighting the current civil unrest that is currently taking place while President Trump is currently president. President Trump can't be held responsible for the unrest taking place during his own presidency because the unrest is taking place in Democrat cities, controlled by Democrat mayors. But even if that's true, that would mean that mayors and not the president are responsible for the current state of unrest, which by your own logic means that the presidential election is unrelated to the current civil unrest. The Democrats caused it! And only Trump can stop it. So if we have a Democrat president, it won't be stopped. But it already isn't being stopped. Fake news. I totally stopped all the civil unrest in King Shoes, North Wisconsin. For the third time, our Trump impersonator is a woman because... No! This time, our Trump impersonator is John Wayne because entirely too audible screaming is louder than barely audible whisper. And as any anti-masker will tell you, loud, obnoxious people always get our way. A man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. And Trump is the most mannest manly man in the history of manly men. But slow Joe Biden is a communist and communists cause problems. You're talking about problems that are happening now while you're president. Fake news, Pilgrim. But you really are president right now when the problems you're warning about happening in the future are actually happening. When the going gets tough, the tough blame the Democrats. I understand the appeal of an oversimplified storyline where the purely evil villain is thwarted by the purely virtuous hero. Will no one save us from these America-hating Antifas? I will destroy everything and bring about lawlessness due to motivations that are never really discussed at any point in the movie. Not if I have anything to say about it, and I have the best words. Who is that tiny-handed man? Fake news, one-dimensional attractive female. I've got the bigliest hands this side of the Rio Grande, which I built a wall on top of, and Mexico paid for the wall. My hero! And I'm going to use these here bigly hands to crush every damn Antifa, socialist, 
and any other non-Christian, non-white person that scares suburbanites throughout this great land. Foiled again. President Trump saves the day again. Make America great again, Pilgrim. But I still don't get the fear that something that's already happening while Trump is president might happen if Biden becomes president. Trump supporters were so afraid of hordes of Mexicans who are actually from Honduras that they justified stealing children from the parents. They're more afraid of looters stealing sneakers than the use of unidentified federal paramilitary forces abducting people into unmarked vehicles without charges. And they are more afraid that a moderate Democrat will outlaw religion than they are of contracting a highly contagious virus. What's your point? Republicans understand even less about what they should and should not fear than they do about science. And the lonely voice of youth cries, what is true? So, where do we go from here? Wherever President Trump, in all his glory, says we go from here. Why would we keep going where Trump leads us, when Trump's leadership has led us to where we are now? Because otherwise you hate America! It just seems like this divide in the fundamental understanding of the most basic reality is unbridgeable. That is entire point. Vladimir Putin, what are you doing here? Gloating, of course. I create rift in American politics so large, the entire concept of reality is shaken. That's pretty good, considering the most I was hoping for was making Hillary Clinton look bad. Not so fast, Putin. Your dirty politics are no match for my silky smooth, yet powerful gravitas. Maybe not, but... You are at bottom of ticket. All I have to do is outwit this guy. This is a bunch of malarkey, but I'm against malarkey. Using this guy. Person, woman, man, camera, TV. Once again, Trump impersonator is woman because he is my bitch. The American people know what's at stake in this election. Because every time I give a speech, I recite a list of things that are metaphorically on the ballot. Are you really going to put your faith in the same American people who let this guy become president? We can put the sunlight underneath the skin and then disinfect the lungs with bleach. Justice is on the ballot. Injecting bleach is, a, is, is malarkey, and I'm against malarkey. Truth is on the ballot. You're seriously going to put your faith in the same American people who gave this woman a hit TV show. President Trump is God. Democrats hate Jesus. Wine is delicious. Economic opportunity is on the ballot. And let this guy get on the Supreme Court. I like beer! The ability to cast a ballot is on the ballot. Voting is a Democrat hoax. Face it, I win. 
Even if Trump loses, he will claim he didn't really lose because of the mail or some such bullshit. Mail-in ballots are fraud because Democrats. And only the ballots that were counted on election night voting me should count. Because not rigging the election for me is rigging the election against me. The ability to count the ballot as the ballot you cast is on the ballot. What chance does democracy have in a country that cannot agree to accept provable, verifiable, objective information? Only 6% of all COVID deaths are actually caused by COVID. Trump actually said that. Reality itself is on the ballot. Reality lost. I won. Reality is a choker. Why don't you just give up? There was a little girl. And that little girl grew up to be the first black woman to run as vice president. Under a presidential candidate, she was more qualified than. And that little girl was me. And there was a country. And that country went completely the fuck out of its goddamn mind. And that country had a president. And that president was an incompetent, racist, authoritarian, tiny-dicked, criminal narcissist. And that incompetent, racist, authoritarian, tiny-dicked, criminal narcissist damn near destroyed that country. And that country had one last chance to elect another man. And that man was mediocre. But a mediocre man seems like a great man next to an incompetent, racist, authoritarian, tiny-dicked, criminal narcissist. And that mediocre man is Joe Biden. And that country is America. And that's no malarkey. Can you blame the voice of you for asking what is true? Thank you for listening to Barely Audible Whisper, made possible by the following people. Writer, co-host, and producer Dave Baldwin. Co-host Molly Brown. Writer and actor Daniel Carter-Brown. And actors Corey Burns, Ali Glonick, and Michael Morgan. Please check out our website, barelyaudiblewhisper.com, where you can subscribe to our podcast, or you can subscribe to our podcast wherever you choose to subscribe to your other podcasts. We appreciate your support. You mutant! Hubris!